welcome Hoosier fans to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 222nd edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 722nd episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of August 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Coach Brian Tonsoni. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. Oh, Hoosiers have won the national championship. This week's banner moment is about practice. Yes, practice. Last week, the Hoosiers began their allotment of 10 practices before embarking on their trip to the Bahamas. Practice. We talking about practice. These 10 days are just as important as the two games Indiana will be playing in the Bahamas. It is a chance to get the Woodson era started and getting on court with the offense and the defensive scheme and get it going. Instead of waiting for a couple months, like most teams, the Hoosiers get to be on the court working together on this new system. Then next Friday and Sunday, they will put that work to use by playing in a real game setting. This is so important for this program. It's important for a program with a new coach. Practice. Yes, practice. Okay, let me introduce my esteemed co-host to uh, for tonight. First, to my left. Analyzing players, finding every wrinkle. He hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all the well, let me quickly add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own jingle. What's up, Coach? It is Ryan Phillips. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it, it's been a couple of weeks. I was checking the checking the audio. Is it recording? And and it is. It's been it's a week. Ryan it's been a week. Phillips. What's a couple weeks off, everybody. <laughs> We're just getting back into it. You know, we got to practice a little before the season too. Uh, no, I think it is the the practice situation. I think it's great that they'll be able to get on on court for ten days and and really start to work. I mean, especially how important it is for this team with a new coach, new system, new coaching staff. You know, two of the three assistants are new too, and then so many new players because of the transfer portal, transfers in, transfers out, all of that. You're right. Coach, this is incredibly important over the next 10 days to figure out what this team is, who's going to slot in with what roles, what does the coaching staff have in mind for those roles, not just what can the players do, but what does the coaching staff envision? I think it's insanely important. Now, what happens over this next 10 days won't necessarily be reflective of what happens in the fall when this team hits the floor, but it's a good indicator of what the coaching staff is thinking and, and where these guys all line up together, how they line up, who they think should play next to each other, who they think should, you know, be off the bench, be starting, whatever. We have no idea who they're picturing for the starting lineup, except for really Trace Jackson Davis being penciled in there. I mean, and probably race Thompson. So it, it, and even then we don't know with, with the system they're going to be running. So I think, really it is important over the next 10 days to really get an indication of what's the plan because we don't know we know what the plan is for recruiting and and working the transfer portal and the kind of players they want to bring and all that we have no idea what the on-floor plan is and so we've heard mike woodson talk about it but in very bland terms we want to play with tempo 
We want to shoot the ball. We want to do this. We want to. It has not been very specific. So this next 10 days will really give us an idea, uh, you know, with the practice leaks that come out and things like that. will give us an idea of, of more where things are headed. And we're going to talk both this week and probably next week leading into the Friday-Sunday games a little bit more about the Bahamas trip. We have a second segment. Uh, we have a piece of that second segment that we'll talk about, just basic expectations uh, of a team making a trip like this. So you have that to look forward to later uh, in the show. But now let me uh, introduce uh, a guy who will be in the Bahamas and has been tasked by me to take excellent notes uh, and then to uh, send them to me immediately since we're only going to get two minutes of video from uh, th- these games. It's Chad Schwarzkopf. We don't have any music for you, and if we did, I'd let it run out and then just stare at the screen anyway. So, uh, Chad, uh, what's your take on Indiana basketball uh, or Indiana athletics at uh, at this point of the summer? Well, it, it, like you said, these practices are very important. What I've also is important right now to me uh, in this offseason type of situation is uh, as an assembly call listener and and how many years I've been listening to this, uh, I've learned one major thing. And, and this offseason is your chance, especially uh, the few times that I get on here to make those crazy accusations, those crazy predictions that hopefully come out uh, towards the end. Uh, I've definitely learned that from one of my top five favorite hosts uh, of assembly call it has taught me that. So hold on, I got to uh, get into character for this real quick here. So um, Chatty. There we future go. has uh, the future has proven me right on just about every occasion, <laughs> and so I'm going to telling you this this year. Jordan Geronimo is going to have a breakout stat this year. There's going to be a stat that he has, uh, be it his three point shooting, uh, his points average, his rebounds average. He's going to surprise us this year. Uh, we're going to see something amazing out of him. Um, if not, the secondary stat that I'm saying is um, Race Thompson. Race Thompson's uh, three-point percentage also is going to skyrocket this year. Put it in the bank. That's going to happen. Record this audio. Play it back if I'm right. Uh, lose it if I'm wrong. So, uh, Sweet lid. I think I think a sweet lid. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll share the link where you all can, can get your own. There you there go. You go. <laughs> okay, here's what we're going to cover this week. By the way, I really like this version of Chad. I yeah. really, I know something about this, something about this guy. I like the cut of his jib. Man, something works. Jared didn't tell it just me feels when, right. that I'd have two of you to deal with today uh, <laughs> when he got a hold of me. But uh, here's what we're going to cover this week. We have some Hoosier headlines. Our main topic will be uh, the Caleb Banks commitment and the scouting report. Um, from Ryan. And then, of course, we'll answer your questions again. Everyone in the community did a nice job of sending us in some questions. That's coming up this week on Assembly Call Radio. Uh, No ad this week, but as you can see, the no free ads uh, for the big lead uh, hats are are shining brightly today. So, um, you know, everyone uh, go order one of those hats. But here we go. Here's a Hoosier um, headlines. Uh, A lot of guys are starting to um, solidify their spots in their recruiting. And Jalen hood Shafino has IU in its top five. Uh, Malik Renault, uh, IU in the top seven. And Bryce Sensabaugh in the top eight. So uh, Coach Woodson and staff are really doing a, a, a nice job of, of getting to these guys and talking to them, and they like what they hear. That doesn't mean they're going to pull the trigger and all come to IU. Uh, but it's nice that uh, we're getting into some of these finals for guys that I think can come in here and help Coach Woodson turn the Indiana program around. 
Uh, also, uh, I think it's Sean Burke. Sean Burke, six three preferred walk on, was added to the roster this week. Uh, Noah Clowney announced that he is planning an official visit. Uh, a big guy. Ryan says that we need to uh, always get some more big guys. That that would be someone to add to the mix. Uh, the Crossroad Classics will come to an end after this year. Uh, 2021 will be the last season where the four uh, major Power 5 teams got together and played, um, and we'll get some thoughts on that. We did have another game scheduled. Northern Illinois was added to the non-conference slate, uh, and the big one, obviously, is Caleb Banks, 6'8", uh, 3'4", uh, wherever you want to play him, uh, athlete, uh, he commits to the Hoosiers, and in segment two, we'll talk about him and, and what he'll bring to the Hoosiers. Also, you got a lot of IU athletes in the Olympics. That's been fun to watch the last two weeks. Uh, really proud of, of our athletes there. Football camp is opening. We know the excitement with the football, and the NIL shirts are f- popping up all over the place. Uh, get your uh, shirts to support uh, uh, these players uh, as you like. Uh, Ryan, anything there? Um, that you'd like to uh, discuss here in our first segment? Well, first of all, go to shop.minutemedia.com <laughs> to get your the big lead hat. Scan down on the left side to the big lead, and you can look as snappy as Chad does right now. Uh, no, I think the Crossroads Classic coming to the it's coming to an end was was really the big story uh, since we last had a show. And and I was going to ask you guys what your favorite memory from the Crossroads Classic was because because look, it was a it was an interesting concept that could have worked. I think it would have worked better if there was a tournament aspect to it. You know, you played two games. The problem is they don't want to have two Big Ten teams potentially playing, you know, two conference foes potentially playing in the final. And so I think that was really always the stumbling block for the Crossroads Classic. So, uh, but do you guys have favorite memories? What's your what's your favorite uh, memory from those? Mine, mine has to be the the ending when Mike Roberts got that rebound and passed it off to Jawan, and Jawan no, laid that, that up. Uh, that was Mick Roberts. Mick Roberts, excuse me, yes. excuse me, Mick Roberts, Mick Bob. Yeah. Um, he that that's easily my 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 favorite memory. But I think you nailed it there. It's it's it was always a good place for a few select players to have breakouts and for some reason be extremely hot only there in, in banker's life. So maybe yeah. if we supplement that with another game up there and just stay in that stadium, but yeah, you're right. I think it was time for it to go. Um, we can, we can utilize that spot in the schedule a little bit better. Rob Fennessy hit a big shot late, uh, to, 2018 yeah, yeah. to win a game was a good memory there. The thing I liked about it is Indiana had scheduled Butler in the regular season. They had scheduled Notre Dame in the regular season before. And, and this brought a little bit of that, that classic feel to it. If you're going to do that in the regular season anyway, uh, alternate it or whatever, uh, I would have loved to have seen it expand and move to a different date because I do <laughs> think it clogged up Indiana's scheduling to be in, in bigger classics like this, but you have some other uh, smaller schools that you could make it a four-game complete Saturday or or even a a Friday-Saturday thing with your Valpos, Ball States, uh, IUPUI, uh, Indiana State, and and boy, and just make it a a real tournament feel for Indiana that, uh, you know, basketball's big in the state of Indiana. That's what I'm going to miss. I liked having all of the big teams together. The crowds were down in Indianapolis, uh, that feel for it. But I do think, you know, all – Things have its its time and place, and I, I think the Crossroads Classic ha- has done so. And it, it's time if if Indiana is really going to make a push, they may have to schedule um, some bigger, better not better competition because those teams are good, but just stretch out their scheduling a little bit more and not be tied into that because you're tied into the other conference uh, tournaments. So, Ryan, your favorite? 
Uh, I it was it was one of those two that you guys suggested. I, I would say the fantasy buzzer beater was awesome. I mean, that was just a cool moment, um, unexpected as well, and, and probably you know my favorite moment from that. I, I did love the the Jawan Morgan put uh, layup as well off the McRoberts rebound. That's another great one. Other than that, there weren't there weren't a ton of great finishes. It was sort of you know with a minute left, you knew who was going to win. Um, but those were the two sort of crazy finishes that, that were really cool any uh any thoughts on the recruiting getting in these top fives and top sevens and tops eight uh, chad your, your thoughts on seeing that on twitter and and being announced it, it's awesome to be in those tops and and we're going to see that a lot just because of what this coaching staff has to offer and and their selling point i think the only thing uh, people have been really uh, critical and, and and concerned with a few of the misses that have happened. But I, I think where kind of IU is standing right now with recruiting and where it is probably with some of these guys and why we might see some of those misses right now is that these players have not seen uh, a Woodson team play. Um, once those wins start happening, once they can, they can see game play happen, we're going to win those a lot more. Um, but – with 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 that being said, not having any of that game tape for those guys to see and everything, it's amazing to be in those in, in those top top lists. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good sign that the message is getting out, and I agree with you about not seeing exactly how uh, the system's going to be, uh, and you want to make sure that you fit that system. I just think it's also timing. Uh, these guys have had relationships with some of these other programs in the top five, top seven, top top eight a lot longer. And it says a lot to me about the message coming from the Indiana staff that you're getting uh, a lot of guys, and, and we missed on some. Um, obviously, the, the the big guy went to Duke. What was his name? Filipowski. Uh, and um, Carabine yeah. just went to UConn. You know, so everyone that you're out and offer is not going to come to IU. That's just part of it. But the other thing that I'm impressed with, and, and I'll, I'll throw this to Ryan, is uh, Coach Yaw's doing a good job of building relationships. You know, um, it just seems to me you knew like that would be the case. That's too. the you knew dude that who's going to you know send us all across the country, and, and that's looking like a, a better hire each and every day. Yeah, and he's known for that. You know, that's 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 sort of we knew that would be the case with him. That he's going to be a guy that's kids react to and and really uh, builds those relationships. So um, it it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how this finishes because I don't think there's a consensus on oh well this guy's eventually going to commit to Indiana. You know, it's sort of like there's an opening of it could be this guy, it could be any number of five guys that that wind up committing, and and it does help to have you know. CJ Gunn in your back pocket and and uh obviously Caleb Banks we're going to talk about uh, talk about pretty soon in your back pocket but at the same time there's there's other guys you got to add. I mean those are two you know you know out guys that are outside the top 100. You need to add a signature player in this class and it's your first full class. You got to add one. And 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 this and this staff knows that. You know that's not I'm not I'm not saying anything crazy or or insulting to them. They they know that. And and um, they've gone after some guys. They've missed on some guys, and and they need to, you know, hit on one of these bigger names. Yeah, I think the Hood Shafino thing is one I'm watching really big. That I think that would be a really good get. And it, what's also interesting is with with the transfer portal and all of that, and and this extra year with the COVID is what roster size is going to be like, and what the size of the class is going to be. Those are all interesting things that I think you're going to see um, with with recruiting. 
Um, well, and I think I, one thing, Coach, to add to that is that I think you're going to start seeing a lot bigger class sizes across the country because of the transfer portal and yeah. the ease of that now is that you're going to have to prepare for you're not going to be able to say like, we'll take we're going to leave two open spots and take two this year and mm-hmm. worry about getting a bigger class next year. You're not going to be able to defer that because you're going to have guys going in and out of your of your yeah. lineup. So much. I think the transfer portal, maybe a few years into this, this wild, wild west of transfer portal you know, stuff that we've got right now, I think it's going to calm down eventually. And you're going to have guys sticking it out. I just think for right now, this is the new process for everybody. And as everybody's getting adjusted to it, I think kids are taking advantage of it far more than I than coaches would certainly like. I think we're going to see a little bit of regression there. And I think we're going to see it come back down to earth a little bit, but it's certainly something you have to prepare for every day, you know, as, as a, um, a college head coach now. Yeah, any uh, thoughts? Uh, uh, Indiana adds Northern Illinois uh, to to the schedule. I think that's nine of the eleven, uh, and right now there's only three: uh, Syracuse, uh, Notre Dame, and um, who am I forgetting? No, St. John's. Uh, there's a little bit of pressure, to, I think, to add uh, a, a, some games that will carry a little bit for the NCAA committee. Um, some teams go with uh, with only three, you know, tough games and then plan on winning in, in their conference. I would like to see IU add a couple heavyweights, or not real super heavyweights, but just tougher opponents uh, with the last couple slots. Chad, your thoughts on where Indiana's schedule sits right now? It's, it's in a comfortable spot right now for a first-year coach. It's been planned out well. Um, I think they're doing a good job with it. But I agree with you that I'd like to see maybe a tougher one thrown in there. Like you said, when it comes down to it, it – if you add a, a tier one, then uh, if it's a loss, one that's not going to hurt you if it's a loss, but one that could really propel you if, if you pull it out and win. Um, other than that, uh, I, I've liked what they've been doing with it. Northern Illinois uh, is a decent ad. Um, a, a Mac school, uh, a fairly decent uh, team. I don't know how they did last year. I haven't really looked into them as much. Do you know much about them, Coach, from this past past uh, year? The, the, schedule, the schedule is of these smaller schools is not the 300 levels that really kill your strength of schedule. They're not mm-hmm. bad schools. It's still, you know, you, you need to beat some really good teams to, to really make a, a dent in the committee's eyes. Um, and, um, you know, if, if you only have three, you almost have to go three and oh or two and one in those big games and not, you know, not lose any, um, because the big 10 is always going to be tough. And you go 11 and nine, that, that, you know, 10 and 10, that makes it, that makes it tough. So it'll be interesting. I do understand when you're a first year coach that it's not going to be the most complex schedule with all the heavy hitters uh, in there. That would be a disservice too, because you got to build confidence and you got to get some wins. Um, so I, I think where they've done a good job is a Northern Illinois, a Louisiana. Uh, some of those are, are not cupcakes. Uh, you're going to have to play well to win, but you should win somewhat comfortably. Uh, they've done a good job there, but on the heavy end, I think it's way too, uh, way too light. Ryan, any thoughts? Uh, I know we'll talk schedule once it comes out, but any thoughts before we take a break? Yeah, they got. It feels like they got to do something. They got to add somebody, and I don't know what that's going to look like. But it just it feels like something's missing when you look at that schedule. And I think you're both right that it'd be nice to add a heavyweight. You know, to create a showcase matchup, maybe at Assembly Hall in Woodson's first season. To, to get some attention on campus with a heavyweight since they're not, you know, 
going to be uh, they're not at home in the Big Ten ACC Challenge this year, right? It's at Syracuse. It's at Syracuse, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought so, but I wasn't 100% sure. You know, so y- you don't have a marquee preseason game on campus or, uh, you know, a non-conference uh, game on campus. I think you got to find one. And I-, I think that, you know, something to draw attention to get the TV in Assembly Hall with a packed crowd and talking about how great the program is. I mean, think about what that does for the program every time. Every time Indiana plays Duke in the Big Ten ACC Challenge at home, it's a big deal. Or they play North Carolina, it's a big deal. And I think you've got to create that atmosphere, especially with the first year of a new coach. Well, and I think I I have a lot of trust in the staff because what I always keep forgetting about the the quiet voice in the background that's going on is Thad Mata. You got to know that Thad is working on this or or thinking about this, and I trust that he's going to make the right decision if if he is one that's helping do that or guide things in the proper way of that. He's got plenty of experience doing that and building schedules. So, Ryan, you don't think St. John's is must see basketball in Assembly Hall? I got a friend here who went to St. John's, and uh, even he doesn't think that's a marquee matchup. <laughs> Uh, I hear you. Okay, Uh, coming up on the next segment, we're going to talk recruiting and Caleb Banks' scouting report uh, from Ryan and what he does best. So stick with us here on the Assembly Call. I'm pretty sure our new house might be haunted. What makes you say that? The furniture is levitating. Oh, and the ghost. Welcome home. Yeah, that's that's spooky. You know what's really scary? Missing out on GEICO for help with homeowners and renters insurance. GEICO makes it easy to save a bunch. Great. Uh, you're not sticking around, right? The party's just getting started. <laughs> Happy geico Call today and see how easy homeowners and renters insurance can be. Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. Welcome back to The Assembly Call. How do you keep up with the fire hose of information that comes out almost every day about IU basketball? It's just crazy during the offseason. It gets even crazier during the season. Well, we've got your back. We send out a free weekly email newsletter on Sunday mornings. It rounds up the most important and interesting IU basketball stories from the previous week to keep you up to date on your Hoosiers. Over 8,000 of your fellow IU fans are on the list, and we want you to be there too. So go to join.assemblycall.com to subscribe for free right now. That's join.assemblycall.com. You can also text IU to 66866. That's IU to 66866. Okay, I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni. I'm here with uh, Chad Schwartzkopf and Ryan Phillips. And Ryan, uh, known for his player scouting reports, we have a a new recruit, Caleb Banks. Uh, Ryan, just tell us the general uh, look of Caleb Banks, is kind of his height and weight and and some of his strengths. And then uh, Chad will 
and I will pepper you with some questions about the newest uh, recruit for the Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, Caleb Banks out of Fayette County High School in, in Fayette County, Georgia. He's uh, a three or four star, depending on where you look, sort of in that range, though. You know, high three, low four star, uh, 123rd on the 24-7 sports composite. Obviously, it's early. We'll see if that change, if he moves up. Uh, he is – it depends where you look. Like, he's listed at 6'8", but a lot of people say, no, that the kid's 6'7", like, at, at, at most. He's about 215 pounds. Clearly, needs to add some weight. Um Sort of a, uh, I, I think he wants to play as a small forward, but as I'll get into, he kind of looks like a power forward right now with the way he plays, and, it, and it's it's really going to be on him to really, if he wants to play a perimeter style. He mentioned Carmelo Anthony repeatedly when when discussing you know what Mike Woodson showed him and what they envisioned for him. Woodson obviously coached Carmelo Anthony with the Knicks, so if that's the kind of guy he wants to be. He's got some work ahead of him to get there. So I would I would currently list him as a power forward, sort of an undersized six foot seven power forward, six eight maybe. Uh, but he clearly believes that he's a small forward in the long run. Chad, yeah, it, it's, it's something you say that with the Carmelo Anthony thing, and and as I've watched some highlights and stuff too, they show a lot doing a lot of outside shooting. He's he's trying to do that, and he and he makes them pretty good. Obviously, they're highlights. They're not going to show. Yes. This is. But what's your what's your thoughts on his shots, shots, Doc? Uh, one thing I've seen is in catch and shoot situations, which usually is the most of his shots are in catch and shoot. He's not he's not a dribble pull up guy. Uh, and most of his situations are catch and shoot, and his right foot's a little bit too far forward on his shot. Uh, again, some guys that works for it's not Christian Lander where his left leg looks like it's 10 feet in front of his back leg or his, his right leg. Uh, so he is a little shifted, sort of off, not square to the basket. In some more recent highlights, he's not doing that as much. So you can tell maybe that's a, 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 a piece of emphasis for him is to straighten out and get more square. Um, his upper body, he does get his body underneath him on his shot. When he catches it, you definitely see a little lowering and, and you know, settles himself as opposed to just standing straight up and, and firing. So he gets he gets his body under him, gets a little flow and a little height to the shot as a result of that. Uh, he does have really good wrist action. He snaps it off. The ball does get backspin as a result. He gets it off his fingertips. He's not a guy who shoots from his palm, which is, you know, unfortunately with as much ball handling as guys are doing these days, you ball handle, you're supposed to ball handle with your fingers, but a lot of guys ball handle with their palm and they, they try and move the ball from side to side and all that. And that means when they go for the shot, the ball is settled in the palm. It's a lot harder to get more lift and spin on it. You get lift and spin just like a baseball. You get it off of your fingertips. And so he's doing that. Um, I think that he finishes very, really high on his shot in a good way. He's a little bit out, but it's it's a high finish. It's not a, a horizontal finish. Uh, it's not really a smooth action right now, which tells me that he's trying to develop into a shooter and has a lot going on in his head. It's not just catch smoothly, go up on instinct. You see that with a guy like Miller Cop. You watch Miller Cop shot. He's been shooting for a very long time at a very high level. You can just tell watching him. Um, he does rush shots and leans back. You watch his high school highlights. He doesn't do that. Against good competition in these AAU tournaments, he's rushing a shot a little bit. And that's that happens. It happens to a lot of good shooters who go to college basketball. They rush their shots in their first year, maybe first year and a half, because they're not used to guys being that athletic, that tall, and that quick closing out to them. So they're they're trying to get it up so they don't get blocked. And and he does the same thing. And, and leaning back again on your shot is another indication of you're being closed out on. You're expecting to be closed out on. You're not jumping 
jumping through the shot. Um, and that when you lean back or you rush a shot, you're going to flatten it out or you're going to overshoot it. One of the two. You never shoot it perfectly when you're rushing like that. Um, so I, th- I think he just needs reps and work on his shot. That's all. I, I think there are the makings of a good shot, but he needs to get in with somebody who knows his, knows how to shoot and, and start working on that stuff. He mentioned uh, in, in one of the articles, and I would give credit to Inside the Hall uh, reading, where he thought he could play the pick and pop or he could play coming off ball screens. What's his downhill game? What's his ball handling game uh, like at this moment? He's a decent finisher. He's a pretty good finisher. And and one thing that impressed me on film was how he really angles his body in traffic to get around guys to make sure he can get a good shot. You know, angle around and get the ball off the off the backboard instead of, you know, you get bumped and you're fading and trying to, you know, throw something wild up off the glass. He gets in there, gets in a good position to stick it off the glass and finish. He's he's a really uh he, he wants to dunk. If he's going to, you know, if he gets a clear lane, he's dunking. Like there's no there's no there's no soft fancy layups with him. He's either driving and has a guy on him and he puts it off the glass or he's going to finish in your face. And um he's and the other thing about him is well I think his ball handling is actually pretty good for his age and his size. It's got to get tighter. It has to get tighter with every high school player. There are very few high school players who come in to college and can ball handle the way they need to. Uh, just because there's better defenders you're going to be facing, we're going to swipe it from you if it's at all loose. I think I get there's a little when he's driving, it's not bad. But when I see him sort of setting a guy up, that's when the opportunity to steal is. Once he's on the move, it's pretty good. But it's making his move where that's where a guy's going to reach in and, and steal it from you. Um, he he is really good at just getting to the rim. And, and I think that's what impressed me maybe the most about his whole game is that he, when he starts a drive, he's not going to be bumped off of his path. He's going to find a way to get there. And so I think in the pick and roll, if he has lanes, he's going to be great. And also if he's the role man, I think he's going to be really good. He is not going to be bumped off his track to get there. Um, Again, with the caveat that in the big 10, he's going to have to be stronger to get there, but the instincts are proper in in that regard. Um, He's also aggressive off the dribble. I, I love the way he's aggressive off the dribble. That was one of the things that really, impressed me and I thought was the best part of his game is that he's going to look to score whether he succeeds or not he's looking to do something as opposed to you know if he's facing a good defender he's just going to let him bump him off and and pass it out and recycle he wants to get something done so you kind of mentioned it there too a little bit but um the Big Ten obviously being physical and everything it looks like he has that frame to put on weight and and can take that well. Um, Any other additional thoughts to that and his game and how that's going to translate in a physical Big Ten? He could easily put on 25 pounds, I I think. I mean, he's 215. He's listed at 215. I don't know what he really is, but I I think there is enough size there for him to put on a solid 20. And maybe it limits his athleticism a little bit, but the frame is not the problem. It's just he's a 17, 18 year old kid who needs to put on weight. You know, I mean, like there's no, uh, but he's certainly got broader shoulders. He's got the 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 torso that can handle weight he's got the legs that can handle weight certainly and you know the other thing that i want to mention here is the the one thing that's great about him whether he's six seven or six eight he's got a seven foot two wingspan and and, and he gives off when he's playing he gives off some og and ob vibes about now i'm not uh-oh, saying he's going to be an, player comp. Not, not saying he's going to be an uh-oh. nba player but no i mean uh-oh. just the just the fact that he's got that athleticism and he's got those long arms now og Ananobi, the difference he developed and he developed mm-hmm. on a great track. So obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot of work that the player has to do here. But you're looking at him and thinking, okay, maybe he can defend on the wing. Maybe he doesn't score like a wing player right now and doesn't shoot like a wing player right now. 
but he certainly has the wingspan to be a versatile defender and a and and from what I've seen, he's a willing defender and an aggressive defender in traffic. Things that having those instincts is a big positive. Um, so I think with the size, you know, we saw OG Ananobi put on a ton of weight when he got to Indiana. You saw that guy's thighs; they were enormous, and they were not when he stepped on campus. But he had that wingspan, he had that height, and that versatility that that wingspan can allow you to have and the athleticism. So I think there's a similar, a similar track there is that he's a guy who, you know, that's the model for him is to develop on that track, maybe not leave after his sophomore year, but develop into that kind of guy. He's a versatile wing who can maybe shoot it a little, can get to the rim and can finish at the rim, especially, which is what I think his strength is. Well, Talk- one, one thing I know, one thing I noticed about his game as I watch now that I try to I it's hard to watch these highlights and, and, and get too much footage of these guys because, again, they're highlights. But um, sometimes I'll look for their other teammates highlights or something like that. And then I'll see what is he doing when he's not the focus? How is he moving without the ball? Where is he putting himself? And uh, from what I've seen of him, I, I do like his movement off the ball. He's putting himself in the right position. He's ready to accept. I, I, he's never he's never standing in one spot unless yeah, he's in he, that shooting position. He has an idea spot. what idea what to do on a basketball mm-hmm. court. And and you know, there are sometimes you get an athletic guy who's just an athletic guy and you've got to turn him into a basketball player. I feel like Banks has some basketball instinct. And I think you know, is he a finished product? Absolutely not. But he needs to get to that next level. But it's it's there are, you know, you're playing pickup basketball perfect example for people out there you're playing pickup basketball there are guys who know how to play basketball and there are guys who don't who just like to go out there and shoot around and all that the guys who know how to play basketball it's a lot easier to work with them if you also know how to play basketball that is the same thing on a whole different level when you get to college there are guys who come in and automatically know oh well if this happens in the offense that means i've got to go there and so you don't have to teach them. You don't have to hold their hand through every step of a practice or a play it happens in high school coach. I know you know it, that, that you don't have to explain if you're running a play, you know, you're like, Hey, we're implementing some new offense today. We're going to run this play. You don't have to hold everybody's hand through every step. There are some guys you do, but the guys who don't and who automatically know, Oh, well, if he's setting the screen for me here, I can look at the floor. And even without you telling me what spot on the floor I'm supposed to go to from this point, I know because of how the offense is set up and how the defense will be set up. Those guys are so much easier to put into a team concept. And there's not a whole lot of teaching that needs to go on there. I think Banks is one of the guys who has an idea what he's doing on the floor and what everybody else is doing on the floor. Is he gonna the highest IQ guy, uh, basketball IQ guy that Indiana's ever recruited? No. But it's better than guys who just are out there and are athletic and running around and just displaying their athleticism. I think he understands basketball. Well, I think you cracked something big there mentioning the basketball IQ that's going to be very important uh, in the recruits for Woodson because, as it's been said already, Woodson's uh, wanting to implement some high-level basketball IQ, some NBA type of stuff. And if you have guys that have that already baked into them, there's a step you don't have to overcome. For sure. And and that is going to be important for the guys he brings in. I think he wants to bring in really good athletes, but just bringing in good athletes doesn't win you basketball games. You know, having smart guys who know what they're doing, know where to be, know, hey, at this point of the shot clock, I need to go set a screen for somebody because we got nothing going on. You know, instead of, well, I'll just cut here into nowhere and, and be, you know, I mean, there are times where guys get lost on the floor and smarter guys don't get lost on the floor very often. They just don't, and they know to help others out. He said, um, 
he said in an article uh, that he thought he could guard the one through four, which if you're uh, playing some switching uh, defenses, if you're playing some, some ball screen coverages that are, you know, a little unique uh, to the NBA type of style, but you're going to bring it. Um, w- what's his level of athleticism? And I know you don't see defensive highlights in AAU, um, but what, what do you think he can bring defensively once he gets going here at IU? I think I think he needs to unlock some more flexibility to be able to guard a one. Um, but again, right. that's that's what you get in a college weight program for is not just putting on weight, but flexibility and durability and all of those things. Um, I'd put him at a two through four right now. Uh, emphasis on the three and the four. Um, but again, now a days you're just kind of like there's a point guard, three perimeter guys in the center. You know, I mean that's kind of the way basketball is. So I think he can guide the guard the perimeter guys, guard the wings. Uh, I, I do think he's a little undersized to be straight up on a four if it's a big four. Um, but I think that his athleticism and again, that wingspan can make up for a lot that you lack in height. And so I, I, I do think that there's something there. I, I think that he also, I want to mention this is that he has it in him to be an excellent rebounder because of that athleticism, because of that wingspan. I've seen him be a willing rebounder off the ball in clips of his teammates chad and it's zipping outlet passes and things like that i think that that's something that'll be interesting and i want i want to also say that another thing that that doesn't really show up it shows up on defensive pilots is he runs the floor in transition even if he's not getting the ball and that is important for a guy of his size and length get out and transition and dunk the ball it's an we've talked about it since cody zeller was on this program since cody zeller was was playing for indiana which God is a long time ago, and I don't like thinking about that. Uh, but it, it's here's the thing: you run the floor, you're going to gain extra points. I mean, you just are because not everybody. That's the simplest thing in the world to run to run back on defense and to run on offense. If the opposing team is not, if everybody on offense is running the floor, you're going to get extra buckets. If you're a big man, he, obviously not talking about banks here, but if you're a big man that runs the floor and you're in high school, and you're going to get four to ten extra points a game just by running the floor ahead of everybody. And Cody Zeller showed that every time he was one of the first guys down the floor. Banks runs the floor, even if he's not going to score. He'll go to a corner. He'll cut through the lane, and or he'll run through the lane. If he doesn't get it, he's out to the perimeter, or he posts up. Like He, he knows to run the floor, and I think that's a big deal, especially if um, the Woodson wants to do more in transition. So I think that's a, a big deal moving forward for, for what they want to do. Here's and, the thing. Here's the thing that kind of impressed me, and, and words are words. Until you get into the college game and, and get weights and start playing, do we really know? You know, um, the, the proof is in the pudding. But, you know, he even said that he's willing to guard to five if he put on some more weight. Um, so you said he's guarding two through four right now, and he's willing to guard to one and willing to guard to five. As a defensive-minded guy, I kind of like bringing that guy in. He's hungry to guard. Uh, and you said he's a willing rebounder, and then you said he's willing to run the floor. I know he's 123 in the composite rankings right now. I saw something on Twitter today. Some uh, source said he was like 74 or 73. Um, what, what is the reason he is is in the 120s? And we all look at those way too seriously. Uh, as, you know, a lot of players come in the 150s, develop into yeah. great players, and some are in the 50s and don't develop yep. at all top 50 so talk about that ranking a little bit is it something to be concerned about is he going to be able to come in and uh, within the first year is he a development guy uh what what do you see at this moment 
I think he's a bench guy to start. I I, I mean, I, I solidly. I don't even think that's in dispute. I think he's coming off the bench to start. I don't know how high. He's a guy who can develop. He needs to develop into his physical gifts. And, and as as he reaches basketball maturity, sort of, uh, I don't think anybody is looking at his game and being like, "Oh, that guy's starting in the Big Ten as a freshman." No, it's it's not that. He's not Tamar Bates. He's not. You know, he doesn't have that star quality to him as he's stepping on campus. What I think is keeping him down, and I followed him for a little bit, is he's not performing against top competition in these big showcases. He has the ability to, but he hasn't put it together yet. You see games in AAU tournaments where he's. 11 of 30 or 11 of 25 from the field, like things like that, not hitting 50% of his three pointers, not putting it all together. He has the ability to, it's a matter of making it work on the floor. And, and, you know, some of that is who are your AAU teammates? Are you playing teams that are way better than you? Are they focusing on you as the first option to defend you? Are they, you know, what is it? But I think that that is the reason. And, And you're seeing like, he'll have a good game. And then he'll struggle for a couple of games and then have a good game and struggle for a game. I don't think he's an up and down guy. I think the problem is he's just got to get better against that better competition. I don't think he's a, you know, I don't think he's the high school version of, of Rob Finnessy where he comes out and is like, Oh, he's amazing. And then disappears for three games. I just think he's not used to playing against that high level of competition that much. And I think that a lot of guys in AAU struggle with that. And, and so I think that that's really the reason is against great competition. And also he's kind of, doesn't have a position right now. Like if you if you were to take me right now, ask me what he is right now, he's a paint player, not a versatile wing. He's a guy who's going to score in the paint. That's what he is for you. He's not a guy who's going to step out on the perimeter and be able to balance out his game out there right now. That's what you hope for eventually is that he's a versatile offensive player. But right now he's a guy who scores in the paint. And that's much easier to defend than a guy who can step out, hit shots consistently and score in the paint. And so I think that's, Part of the reason, especially with how important three-point shooting is in basketball these days, you got to be able to do that to get ranked high. You got to be versatile offensively to get ranked high. And so, again, we don't know what he's going to develop into. His senior year's coming up. How good is he going to get? But as of right now, I think that's why. I think that not performing its top-level competition and not being a versatile offensive player is is what's holding it back. All right. Um any last thoughts on our newest Hoosier, Caleb Banks, before we uh, take a break and head to the questions? We'll save the Bahamas talk for it. There's some questions uh, in, in segment three. I'm excited about this this young man. I think you always need some guys um, that, that need to have some upside. Uh, you know, there's some been some talk in the chat. Obviously, you want top 50 guys. You know, th- those guys are going to be better. Uh just naturally, uh, but but I'm not a big rankings guy. If you're if you're 120, 123, can come in willing to develop, willing to play team basketball. I think you can help a program win, uh, and, and that excites me. I do think you still need to be shooting for um, the the top guys. So uh, I agree. I agree. Um, as far as as far as my final thought on him, just my final thoughts is I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player. I think he's a solid addition. Do I think that he is a game changing recruit? No. Uh, he's got to, you know, hopefully that's what he turns into. You know, um, there have been, again, plenty of guys who have come in and been way better than they, than they looked. Uh, but I think that, yeah, definitely developing a shot, adding some weight, adding some strength are going to be huge for banks. I think if he, if he consistently can knock down 35, 40% of his or 35% of his threes in the game, but in, in high school, 35, 40%, that 40% won't translate to college basketball, but 35 to 40% of his high school, three-pointers. I think he jumps tremendously up the rankings. 
because it just shows he can do much more. And if he checks the box at actually being six eight, uh, again, that's a that's a that's a pretty big wing if you can get him in there. So uh, I I think that's where we're at right now with him. I think he's a nice player. I think he's got a lot of developing to do. Welcome, Caleb. Uh, we uh, support you, and we look forward to you being on campus next summer and and helping out the Hoosiers. Uh, coming up in our third segment, um, I don't have any subscriber shout-outs, although I'm going to share an interaction I had with the, an Assembly Call fan, and then we're going to answer your uh, basketball questions and uh, stick around for more here on the Assembly Call. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Hi, I'm uh, the coach Brian Tonsoni back here with Chad Schwartzkoff and Ryan Phillips as we discuss uh, Indiana basketball here at the beginning of August, and it's segment three, uh, and we didn't have any uh, official uh, subscriber shout-outs, but I- I'm going to talk. Uh, I got a, a direct message from uh, a young man who's an avid listener of the show, and this is what's great about being on the show and and, and all of you guys in the chat mob and everyone who listens, that uh, we do appreciate when you reach out to us and, and emails or direct message. But this is a young um, upcoming songwriter in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, direct message and, and saw a, a tweet that I like country music and we've started to exchange uh, some conversation and, and it's really been nice. Sam uh, Johnson, I want to give you a shout out uh, just because it's been it's been great to um, get to know you as much as you can through direct message and he has given me some up and coming Nashville artists and I, I went to a concert and saw Cameron Marlowe play uh, the opening act uh, for Brad Paisley and that was one of the guys that he said you got to start listening to and absolutely love Cameron Marlowe um, now but Sam's a, a good dude I wish him luck I know it's a grind uh, when you try to make it in, in in country music and it's just been nice uh, following him it's just nice to know that uh, our listeners uh, tune in on a regular basis. I appreciate all of you in the, in the, the chat mob. So this is just a shout out for all of our excellent um, followers. So and, and Sam, Sam, if you're listening to this, if you can get Coach to do do a duet with you, I will send you an assembly call T-shirt. 
All so right, if you can get coach yeah. to record a single with you, I, I will send him Sam a t-shirt. Has, Sam has said that I'm welcome in Nashville and he's going to take me all to the, the behind the scenes places where a, a lot of the real good music gets, gets made. So we, we might have to, but he, he's Just writing songs it, for, Sam. for a lot better uh, artists than, uh, than, than me. But, uh, okay. Um, so now it's time for the rest of our mailbag. All questions were submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community, which you can learn more about and join at assemblycall.com backslash community. Uh, and we have a few Bahamas questions, so we'll, we'll talk about the upcoming trip to the Bahamas. Uh, Matt Moore uh, says this, what information do you think we will get from the games Indiana plays in the Bahamas? I heard they don't uh, want video of it out uh, will we get a written account, box scores, et cetera? If we don't get much information at all, do you think uh, that that is a good idea, seeing that there is so much excitement surrounding the new staff and players? Shouldn't Indiana embrace the love of its fans and keep feeding the frenzy? Uh, your thoughts, Ryan, from a, a sports writer's take on on a trip like this? Yes, there should be loads of information available. I mean, that's as a sports writer, that's you know what I want to see. I'm sure fans want to see it too, and Indiana needs to embrace – the fact that fans are a big part of this and you want excitement going into the season, beef up excitement. Now I get it. If you lose one of these games, you know, it's going to be tough to, to, or you, you know, you're going to tamp out some of the excitement, but I think that you've got to spin it like in a positive that, yeah, we lost, but did you see what this guy, you know, did and how good he was? And we're really just trying to work out and come together. And we've got a lot of promising guys. I mean, that that's your job as an athletic department and, and as a coach to spin everything in a positive direction. So I would like to see as much information as possible out about these games, but uh, I realized that, you know, we may not get everything we want. Um, I think they should be, televised on IU's website or something, you know, IU sports website or something. I know they're not going to do that, but man, put some stuff out there to get people excited, post some highlights, do things like that. You've got to get that out there. I think I've heard that they're allowing a media outlets, two minutes of highlights, uh, a two minute film, which I said earlier was going to be the most watched two minutes of each game. Uh, do you think that, that there'll be a, a written account, a play by play, a box score like they do in, in a normal uh, on IU's account where you can go by the play-by-play and see what happens. You see the minutes, uh, shooting percentages, things like that that we can discuss in a couple of weeks, or are they going to keep that quiet um, as well? I, I just think that they should. They certainly should. I don't know what they're going to do, Coach. I really don't, but they certainly should uh, release as much as possible. But, you know, I don't know what they're thinking, but that's that's what I would say is they should release as much as possible. Chad, you, you do know that there are apps on your phone where you can keep box scores, right? Like you can keep a running tab of who rebounds and everything. You just you got a spotter, your dad's going, he could be your spotter and tell you who got the rebound, who missed where, and you can just keep it and then then forward to us. Your your thoughts on on the non televised, non radio uh part of this trip. Uh I'll put my two cents in as a coach a, a, at the end. Well, I I um do I dare? Do I dare be greedy and say I don't really care about that because I'm going to be there? Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> You're no. I, I mean, that's that's the great thing for us assembly call and stuff, folks. Is that I'm going to try to soak in as much as I can, and you better believe I'm going to be here on this show the Thursday after them to try to recount uh, the the mo- the best that I can about it. Um, also, I, I Jared said I, I may take over the assembly call uh, Twitter. Uh, either that or definitely go and follow me on Twitter at General Chadwick. That's my handle on Twitter. 
Um, I might try to do quick little videos right afterwards just to purge the information that's in my head. I'm definitely going to take a notebook and try to take little notes as, as we go along. But as, as we talked about before the show, Coach, um, I'm less concerned about the numbers per se and more about what we see as far as schematics and, and, and playing and who's playing and what lineups and everything go. And um, here's, I guess, another plug for the community and everything. I'm going to uh, maybe put a post right before I go uh, if anyone has certain things they want me to look for uh, and, and comment on as we go, as Coach has already probably filled up my list of that um anyways but yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna try to soak in as much as i can uh, uh from this and uh come back on the show and reaccount what what i can remember to you guys from, from a coaching standpoint um y- you know you you're putting in new things and, and you want to have an advantage at the start of the season uh to where people only have a week or two to to plan ahead for you we don't tape uh, and share our scrimmages in high school, and, and so I kind of, I kind of get that from a coaching standpoint. You don't want that out where everyone doesn't know what he's running, doesn't know what defense there, and start building a, a database of what Indiana is all about. Uh, I kind of get that, and coaches are really tough in, in wanting to keep that stuff secret. Uh, I, I so I, I kind of understand why it's not being televised a little bit in and, and the film. They don't want people to to film. I, I have buddies at at pro training camps, and and they don't want people filming stuff for for the very same reason they don't want it out on Twitter because other people are mining for for information the the reality is you know is you know someone said uh, I think Matt the guy who asked the question in the community said is Jim Beheim really going to spend a lot of time you know um, scouring the Bahamas trip for for information sometimes we coaches get a little bit too protective um, of that but I do think that hopefully they have box scores and and a, and a written story about you know any kind of run or first half you know, this was, this is what happened. Uh, I, I think you got to keep the momentum flowing for that. Um, Even if they don't post it, I'll look, I'll look around for any sheets yeah. of paper Sna- that might be hanging by out. The media. Um, yeah. Jeff Marlowe uh, says, what are the expectations for the Bahamas trips? Uh, besides a good time with your dad, Chad, what, what are you expecting from the Hoosiers um, to get out of this trip? Well, not, not only what's on the court and what we've said with those extra practices and everything, but at, as as you as they've said, and as you've watched those the great uh, program that was on BTN about the guys during the Euro trip and everything like that, just a t- uh, chance for the team to bond again, uh, get in other situations. I mean, I, I know Coach doesn't like seeing them, but the the, the guys playing on the boats, uh, Lake Monroe, and everything like that. But it, it, it's going to be great to see that kind of stuff. And then also even uh, because this past year they haven't been able to be around fans, you better believe I'm wearing IU stuff every every moment that I walk around that resort. And I'm going to thank and and try to talk to any of those players that I can, um, keeping socially distant, and I will have my mask on. Um, but uh, just kind of sharing the love, letting, letting them know the fans, even though they didn't see them or, or, or hear them last year, um, that the positive fans are out there. It's not just those negative ones they're seeing on Twitter. It's not that social media ones, but uh, giving uh, the team uh, that positive, uh, great vibe that Hoosier Nation has. Um, so it, that the off the court is just as good uh, for this team uh, as the on the court is to me. Ryan, your expectations uh, for the Hoosiers as they embark on this trip? Uh, you know, just, I, I want to see development from a few guys. Cause I mean, the new guys, it's going to be a struggle to sort of get through. I want to see Trace Jackson Davis 
you know, is he stepping out on the floor a little bit? Is he better with his right hand? Is he better at handling the basketball? I want to see Rob Finnessy. Is he going to finally, you know, find some sense of normalcy and, and, and regularity to his play? Can race Thompson step out and hit a three now? Uh, what is, you know, what are the new guys at? What's Xavier Johnson look like? What's Miller cop looking like? I mean, I, I think there's a lot there. Um, where is Tamar Bates in the lineup? Is he, is he coming off? You know, is he like the, the third guy off the bench or are they going to slot him in at six man or, or maybe even give him a start? I mean, all of that stuff, just information. That's all, you know, I want to get out of this. I, I think one of the things I will caution of is that Indiana doesn't need to win these games to be in a good position to have a good season. You always play the game to win the game. I'm not going to lie, but there's going to be a lot of players getting playing time. Very rarely in a regular season game are all 13 players going to get some time. I almost can guarantee you, barring an injury or some reason that they can't play, everyone who's available to play will play some minutes, uh, and that might not be optimal. Um, so, you know, be careful to either get too excited with two wins or or to uh, be disappointed with a loss here or there. The the playing of the game is what matters to, to get it on tape, to get back um, in Bloomington, to, to watch on film and to implement the system that Coach Woodson wants offensively and defensively. These practices matter, and game film is just tremendously, tremendously important. So my expectations are they're going to go and they're going to play hard uh, and, and we're going to get a flavor for – uh, the the new coach and the new system, uh, but I, I don't have expectations that it's uh, uh, you know you got to win or you got to do this or you got to shoot fifty percent from three or it's it's panic time. Uh, this is just good all around. Um, well, Bob, I think you, you you nailed it there. Like we said, though, I mean, I I we need to put it in our heads as fans that it's way more important for the coaching staff to try new things and figure something out with this team and take a risk and and have a loss than than just going for the win as we said you could put your best players on you can whoop on on this team or whatever which again they they're not going to there's some decent competition on this team that they're playing against but uh you're gonna it's so much more valuable to find out something hidden about this team that the coaching staff didn't know before that gets on film than it is to add a w in a game that that doesn't matter on the stats uh Ryan, this is Bob Thompson. He produces all of our music on here. Uh, he asked your favorite question. Uh, you, Caleb Banks, player comp. Uh, you're muted, bud. Good, because I just said no. It's uh, <laughs> uh, No, I don't do player comps. I'm sorry. Uh, if you want to talk about you know, a development curve he should be on, it's I, I mentioned it in the scouting report, OG Ananopi. That should be the development curve. Um Guy with some size and athleticism, incredible length, should become a versatile wing. Uh, it's a matter of developing and getting it there. And it was it was a work in progress for for OG and an OB too. You know, it took some time, um, but he should be able to do that. OG was more defense defense oriented, uh, I think, than Caleb is. But I think that there's certainly a development curve there. He said a lot of different words there, but that sounded like a player comp. Nope. Guys, was not a player comp. <laughs> Ew. All right, our next question. Um, <laughs> Campbell overly said, I saw that Hoosier hysterics are doing something for NIL. Do you guys have any plans for NIL? I'll take that. I don't know uh, any. I, I know Jared always reaches out for uh, some of the sound bites and some of the things. I, uh, we have not talked as a group uh, or finalized anything yet um, uh, with, with, with any athletes. I'm assuring that if that's available and it's uh, something that we decide to do, that we will uh, look into that. But right now, um, 
The answer is not yet. Uh, Terrence Harper says, I just saw that uh, Hood Shafino has cut his choices down to five and IU is still in the mix. How good is a chance he'll pick IU? Ryan, your thoughts on uh, on maybe where we stand. Again, I don't follow the recruiting real tough. With who? I'm sorry. With uh, Hood, Sh- Hood Shafino. Um, I think they got a chance. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the young man's mind, but I think they've got a chance. I think they're as in it as anybody else. Will he pick them? I, I don't know. I mean, it's there have been recruits I was 100% sure we were going to get who, who didn't come, and there have been guys I thought Indiana had no chance with who did. And so you never know. I mean, these are, again, 18-year-old kids, you know, 17, 18-year-old kids. They make decisions for whatever reason, and, and they're hard to predict. Um, but I think Indiana is in a very good spot for him. I would say that. I, that. That's not a prediction, but I think he's in a very they're in a very good spot. And our last question, we'll just go round table, start with Chad. What's your guess on what's going to happen? Uh, this is from uh, Jim Tom Hoosier. What is going to happen next in conference realignment? Chad, your thoughts, either what you think might happen, you like it, don't like it, uh, anything goes for this question. It's a good question. Yeah, it's well, it's a messy situation. Obviously, Ryan's more in-depth and, and, and in the mix over there for that kind of stuff. It's it's. It's the money. It's all money. It's follow the money where the money's going. Um, there would be some stuff, obviously, conference-wise that I'd like to see as just far as even even within our own uh, Big Ten, uh, East and West, uh, I'd like that even just mixed up a little bit uh, for a change. But um, I don't know. You, you follow the money. It, 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 it's going gonna, it's gonna to change every year. But if something does tip, with the, the rumors that are happening now, I, I definitely could see it as a domino effect and, and other things uh, piggybacking on that plan and and uh, moving on from there. I don't know. Brian, going to you. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> we'll see where this all goes. Like, I mean, it's uncharted territory, you know? I think Kansas, um, Kansas is not a bad uh, pickup for the Big Ten. Um, but, but I think... Um, I think the Big Ten's got to be aggressive, unfortunately. I'd like to see it stay at 14. Um, I didn't like it when Maryland and Rutgers came in. Um, Kansas does nothing money-wise football, really. Uh, I know that's, uh, according to Galen and everyone, that's the reason that uh, these conferences are shifting. But um, I, I think there was a lot of momentum for everybody to do everything about two weeks ago, and I think that has kind of cooled down a little bit. And so that's why I say I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just – we're in a spot where two weeks ago it was like, there's going to be two super conferences and that's going to be it. And now we're kind of like, now the PAC 12 and big 12 might partner on a, you know, playing series, but not join conferences. And now it's, you know, it's like, we don't know. I, I like, oh, oh, you know, it felt like two weeks ago, everybody was going to join the sec. It was just going to be one big conference. Now it's kind of like, yeah, they're looking at people, but who knows Clemson reached out and they were kind of like, mm, nah, I don't know. You know I mean? Like, so we don't know what the fallout's going to be from this. And it's, I don't know who the Big Ten, I, I look at the Big Ten, I'm like, who's attractive to pick up? Legitimately, who's attractive? Kansas, from a basketball standpoint, would be pretty cool, right, I but think. But it's, football is what football matters. Football is what drives. Wise. Yeah, West Virginia, if you could get them you know, in the, from the Big Ten. I had to 12. listen to everybody say, I had to listen to everybody say that USC was going to join the Big Ten a couple weeks ago. And I said, guys, it's highly unlikely that's going to happen. USC is not going to put itself in a situation where it has to travel across the country six times a year to play six or seven times a year to play football games. And while everybody else gets to play everybody in their neighborhood, 
Like it's yep. highly unlikely that's going to happen. Now, if USC came in with like six other teams and could play mostly regionally and then go play Ohio State or Michigan or, you know, whatever, that makes more sense to bring the LA market into the Big Ten. But, you know, USC and UCLA are not going to join and then put themselves in a massive disadvantage uh, flying across the country every week. Like that's just, it's not logical. Do well, I mean, could that happen if something crazy happens? Yeah, sure. But I mean, you know, what I would say about it is we don't know what's going to happen and we don't know what the next plan is. The SEC is clearly ahead of everybody in making these decisions. But I also think Texas and Oklahoma saw the Big 12 not doing well and said, where can we go? Oh, there's a conference not that far away that's making more money than anybody. I, I think eventually you'll see four power conferences with 16 teams. Probably. For football um, and, and just eliminate the Big 12 and they'll split to some to the Big 10, uh, West Virginia maybe to the ACC and there'll be some realignment there. Uh, I don't like that uh, being a traditionalist, but um, Jim Tom, that's uh, what I think is next is you might see further erosion of the Big 12 um, and split and go into the West to the PEC or to the Big 10 or to the ACC picking up pieces. That's just, again, I, I don't have any information more than that, so... Um, any final thoughts, everybody? We'll go around. Chad, your final thoughts tonight? Hey, just excited getting geared up to go to the Bahamas. And again, I'll, I'm going to do my damnedest to soak in as much information for you guys as I can. And we want a great report. This is pressure. <laughs> hey. uh, Ryan, your last uh, thoughts? Uh, my last thoughts, I'm insanely jealous of Chad for getting to go no to the Bahamas. Kidding. That's that's about where it cuts off right there. That's That's my final thought on the night. That's a great father-son trip. We wish you well, uh, and we look forward to uh, hearing from you. That's it. We're done. No more questions. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll talk again next week, sooner if anything breaks. Take it from me, Yogi Farrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. You might get beat today, but each day you got to get better. All right. Good show. Yeah. <laughs> it was about... 440 or something when Jared said, hey, coach, can you put the show together? And I was like, oh, crap. I better find something <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> yeah. He does a good hey, job got, with those run sheets that you just have to fill in. I got a, a new autograph you can see behind me on my flag. Uh, it's uh, Jeff Newton. Nice. Him and, uh, him and George Leach have a barbecue place yeah. here in yeah. Charlotte. For BBQ, and they've, uh, they bring their trailer around to my neighborhood a couple times. And, uh, so I, I make, make a point to go grab it from him each time. It's actually pretty, uh, pretty, uh, appropriate for the, uh, with the bank's commitment, another Atlanta guy. Um, but I, I was geeking out definitely too. Cause from that, I have George Leach's cell phone, uh, that I, <laughs> that I send to when I, when I want orders and stuff like that, trying not to abuse it. You do, you do have, um, cell phone right now. Are there internet? Are there charges from the Bahamas, or can you still text the coach on a Friday night? We'll see. We'll see. Well, like I said, I can maybe the Wi-Fi is probably good enough. 
We could do. We we could get on. Hey, there's my guy Sam. My shout out, the guy from Nashville. Hey. We enjoyed the concert last week, Sam. Uh, we were talking about uh, how how great uh, a find Cameron Marlowe was uh, right there at the start of sex- segment three. So good to see you in the chat, my my friend. Now, now, Sam, uh, listen back if you didn't, <laughs> but I uh, I have an offer here. If you get Coach, if you write a song for Coach and you record him singing this and send it to me, find me on Twitter. Um, I will send you an assembly call T-shirt, buddy. <laughs> Oh, I, I I need to find time to get down to Nashville. I need a just a hit of that. Just figure out his favorite beer. Just message his wife. <laughs> find out his favorite beer. Just put a few in him. He'll probably sing. Richie Richie knows. Actually, Richie, talk to Richie. Any. He knows what it takes. All right, everybody. I'm gonna sign off. Um, yeah. Do appreciate Thanks for everyone. Coming, Chad. Chad. Yeah, no problem. Thank jerk you. gets to go to Bahamas. <laughs> hey, he hey, wore- you got to. He got you his got head go on Maui. On, oh, wait. No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, though. <laughs> we, I we will do. say, wearing the hat, I did have to fight the urge all show to not like interrupt you guys. Yeah, it's but, tough, like, man. It, and the, the hat, hat is the reason. It's not my normal. No. It's not me. It's the I hat. can attest, guys. It is. It's the hat that does something. I don't know if it's p- pushing on a pressure point back here in your brain. Later, guys. All right. All right. Thanks, we'll guys. guys. Have a good night. Yep. You're the kind of person who makes a difference at work. So why not work on something that makes a difference? At Zooks, we're looking for collaborative, inquisitive people who can help us achieve our mission. Safer, cleaner, more enjoyable mobility for everyone. Come build the future at Zooks. Find out more at zoox.com slash careers. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply.